Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and again we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the virus. We talked about it for two hours this morning, but we also want to get into some of the remedies and solutions that you would find along the way of seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So that's what, uh, that's kind of the topic. We're always talking about the kingdom of God and what that looks like because most people out there who think they're going to church are not actually going to the church. They're going to some institution that they've created. They're not actually learning the wholeness of the gospel. They're learning part of it. And, of course, the part of anything is not the whole truth. You want to learn the whole truth of the gospel of the kingdom. And that's what people are are missing. And we're trying to fill in those gaps. Of course, in the last few weeks, everybody's talking about the coronavirus. Everybody's probably heard about it and everything. But we were introducing this morning a lot of things that a lot of people have not heard and would, you know, I don't know what news channel you listen to, but I can guarantee you some of this information is not on the news. And we, we pointed out the fact that there were all kinds of CEOs, uh, far more in the last few months of, uh, the previous year and the first few months of this year that were resigning, taking their stock options, selling their stocks, and getting out of the market. And of course now the market has drastically dropped. Now it may come back. But they will have made lots and lots of money. They may have just sold their stocks. Now they go and when things get to the bottom. They may start buying them. And to make these huge profits. I mean. Uh, Feinstein. Uh, who's been corrupt for years. And done all kinds of corrupt things over the years. Because I, I used to live in California. And uh, she sold $6 million worth of stock when she knew that the coronavirus was going to tank the, uh, supposedly know that it was going to cause a tanking of the market. But the reality is the market was about to make a correction anyway, and this was a way in which to kind of conceal that correction. And, of course, that correction is coming about because of a 100 years of bad policy on the part of Americans uh, the creation of the Federal Reserve, the going off of gold standard in 1932, uh, HJR 192, and then uh, the public law 95-147, if I can remember all these numbers. All these things have been altering the way in which people can relate to their government. But you could have overcome all that if you had truly been seeking the kingdom of God. But in the modern churches, they don't even teach you what the kingdom of God looks like. So you don't even know what you're looking for. But basically, you're looking for the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God. And it simply is not righteous to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. To force your neighbor to take care of the needy of society. The way you take care of the needy of society is through pure religion. That's the way the Christians did it. And they were able, it changed their society within the society and nations in which they lived. So that they were better prepared for the Holocaust and for the uh, persecutions. and Because it wasn't just Christians who were getting persecuted. They were certainly the brunt of a lot of it. But we have 
articles up that tell you why they were being persecuted. You had freedom of religion in Rome, but eventually they outlawed private religion. So what was private religion? It's how you take care of the needy through faith, hope, and charity rather than the way that the world does it through force, fear, and fealty. You don't want to do it through force, fear, and fealty and by forcing your neighbor or threatening your neighbor and binding yourself in systems like the Roman imperial cult. You don't want to do that because that entangles you in the yoke of bondage. It makes you subject to tribute. Everybody has done that almost, and so that's why we're at where we're at. So anyway, we went over this morning that the coronavirus is really not that serious. All kinds of virologists and institutes that have been tracking this say it isn't really as deadly as they're trying to make it sound. They had they had these different computer models that were supposedly telling you that there could be four million deaths. And the reality is there's likely to be 50,000 deaths at most. Some estimate only 20,000 deaths. And some have actually stated that if you did not even hear of the coronavirus ever on the news and it came through the country and you did nothing about it other than what you normally do for flus, it would have been just a, a slight bump in the number of cases and deaths. If you had no way of determining whether or not somebody was getting coronavirus and you didn't have the name. And then, of course, we talked about the uh, the PCR test, which is the test they use to determine if you have coronavirus. And that is not an actual positive-negative test. They, they say terms like positive-negative, but that's not what they're doing. They're actually just measuring the certain amount of RNA debris that is created if you have the symptoms of coronavirus and you have X amount of debris in the centrifugal test, then they will say that you have coronavirus. They know, this is what they're publishing now, that the false positive rate for asymptomatic patients is at 80%. That's the, that's the failure number. So in other words, they're sending 80% of the people they test home saying you didn't get it and they're sending them home and they really do have it. And so they're going to infect other people. And they don't know they have it. I know of people they've sent home. They've actually done this test with people. One day they do, when they were doing the same people over and over again, one day they'll do the test and it says they have it. Three days later they do the test and it says they don't have it. And then three days later, they give them the test and they do have it again. So that's not an accurate test. And it's simply, that's just the facts. But your news media, because they love hype and they love excitement and because it sells, they're telling you that this test actually means something. It means very little. The reality is most of the people never even go in for a test. Most of the people don't even know they got the virus because it is it doesn't show any symptoms. And so the reality is is that uh, it's already fast moving through society all through the world and people are developing a lifetime immunity. Uh, we talked about the idea of getting a flu vaccination. They say, oh, you need to get your flu vaccination. Well, the flu vaccination that you get has nothing to do with the coronavirus. They don't have one for the coronavirus. And as a matter of fact, statistics have come out. This has been published in peer-reviewed medical journals like the 
journal called Vaccine, states very clearly that they have discovered this phenomenon of virus interference and the vaccine-derived virus interference was significantly associated with the coronavirus. In other words, you're more likely to get the coronavirus if you got the standard flu vaccination. Now, that's that's a peer-reviewed study. I, I didn't make this up. I'm not trying to spread false information. It's just the way it is. So, that that's another thing that we're confused about. The government solution. Are they doing far more damage with the government solution of shutting down all business, shutting down the economy, uh, laying off people by the tens of thousands, destroying businesses in many cases, destroying, you know, people are going to eat up their savings and and everything else because they're all going home. And the virus is already all over the place and people are, you know, so it really isn't a solution. And we pointed out that 99% of the people in Italy with the coronavirus that they were able to detect as well as they were able to detect, which is a false detection. If 80% of the positives are actually false, uh, or they're getting the false positives, the negatives aren't aren't correct either. They, they just don't know what, they don't have a good test yet. They haven't synthesized the virus where they can actually identify whether or not you have it. It's all really guesswork and not very good if you only have you know, this 80% versus 20%, that's not a very good rate. That's a real bad rate. But anyway, 99% of the Italian coronavirus fatalities were people who suffered from previous medical conditions according to the country's own National Health Authority. And more than half of the people who died had as many as three other immune-compromising conditions. So they were in bad shape. And they died. If you're in good shape, you probably don't have anything to worry. It just passed like a flu. Most of you won't even have symptoms. It's not that big a deal. So what is really going on? You got people selling off their stocks long before anybody should have known. Of course, you got people like Feinstein selling off six million dollars worth of stock uh, because she did know. But is it really the virus that she knew about, or she just knew that they were going to do this correction and use the virus as an excuse? Now the fact is, is uh, all these things are probably going on. But we can ask, now we see a kind of a medical martial law being imposed. I just was talking with somebody who's ahead of the roads and has meetings, been having meetings all week with the governor and with, uh, actually we had two people at the table that have been getting directly advised from the governor. And they're hearing all this stuff coming down. They're in touch with people all over the state. They're actually, they're, they're even getting, uh, updates directly from the White House on phone conferences. And, uh, th- they see the hype. But they also have heard from us, and I also have, you know, a, a doctor, a research doctor at the same table, and, uh, his wife, who are actually here for symposiums at, at Stanford. And uh, they're just staying visiting us for a little bit. But anyway, we're all there. Something else is going on. That the virus is a complete distraction. But what I, I can tell you is, is going on, besides the fact that, uh, you know, one doctor published, the, the world is suffering from a massive delusion based on the belief that the test for RNA 
this RNA of the virus is a test for the deadly new virus. It is not. It's, it's, it's not really that kind of a test. And even doctors, because they've had conferences with doctors uh, in local hospitals, uh, had a liaison to the local hospital here. There's the, the doctors think, oh, well, this test is telling us because somebody said the test will tell you. But it doesn't. If you actually get into it in depth, the actual literature, it's like reading the inserts, <laughs> the actual literature, these tests are extremely inaccurate and you should not base your life or your health upon them. Uh, they may come up with a good test eventually. They have such good tests with some viruses that have been around for a long time. They simply do not have one for the coronavirus that is now, you know, the COVID-19 that's going around. They don't have one for that. They're talking about developing one. But even if they get it, most of the people who get sick don't even know they're sick. Most of the people who know they're sick, they don't get all that sick. I know people who are almost 100 years, personally know people almost 100 years old that got it, and they're well already. They're doing fine. I know I still have a cough when I had it. Now, can I prove I had it? Nobody can prove they had it or not. If I went out and took this test, I'd probably not show that I had the virus because they don't have a test that tests you after the fact. They can't test for the antigen. So anyway, got a lot of misinformation going on. And we got this medical martial law. They don't want to call it martial law. It's kind of martial law light. But it's there. And I don't really think it it could continue if the economy keeps crashing down. But uh, the the fact is, is our, there's a lot of good things. Right now, I know somebody's monitoring the traffic through the state, monitoring. Traffic is down 50% of its normal rate. That means half the people, half the vehicles on the road are not on the road. That means there's going to be a huge surplus in gas. We already have gas prices, a pressure to bring gas prices down because the Saudis are, you know, they got a big dispute going on so that they're causing the prices to drop. But now we have the coronavirus and this loss of traffic. They're going to cause the prices to drop because there's going to be, the tankers are on their way to fill the pipeline, but nobody's using the fuel. So gas is going to go down. Toilet paper is going back. I know ways of getting toilet paper that nobody's even thought of. We have people at the table that said, oh, I can get, I just bought two miles worth of toilet paper. And uh, so what did he do? Well, if you're on the network and you get a hold of me, I can tell you what he did. <laughs> didn't have any trouble getting it. There's a lot of inventive things that you can do. And if you're doing what Christ said, forming that network of people who care about their neighbor as much as they care about themselves. By the way, he didn't buy that for himself. He bought that for somebody else who couldn't get any toilet paper. And uh, so he has an extra for them. And uh, But anyway, enough of the toilet paper. That is, just, that is just showing the panic of the people when that kind of stuff goes on. Somebody else said, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Of course, religion is how you take care of the needy. And now the government is in the job of taking care of all the needy. And most of the people who think they're religious are not practicing pure religion because they're actually going to men who exercise authority one over the other, but call themselves benefactors, but they only give away what they took away from others. And they're even taking stuff away from your children because they're borrowing trillions of dollars in debt to provide all these bailouts that are going to go to people who are already rich, mostly. It will help some of the poor people. 
but it will cast all their children in debt and entangle them even more in the bondage of the world. But those who've listened, you've heard us explain how that all works. If you haven't, all the audios are free online. All the books are free online, so you can find that out. And if you join the network, you know, there'll be people to help show you what's what, and you can find out the truth for a change. But anyway, Congress shall make no laws respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peaceably to assemble. But now you can't assemble. Uh, actually, the group that kept coming around, we were out having a picnic out in the yard and and more and more people came around and some of the people sat back farther were trying to keep that distance for everybody. But the reality is is that uh, we had quite a meeting. They're still on out there without me because I had to come in here to do the radio show. But the Constitution of the United States is a law for rulers and the people equally in war and in peace and covers with the shield of its protection, all classes of men at all times and under all circumstances. That's the Supreme Court, Milligan and the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, the Milligan case, what they call the Milligan case. So there, you can't just suspend the Constitution because somebody sneezed on a bus and because there's a virus. The virus does not warrant this. It is not as lethal as everybody is trying to say. The, they throw out these big numbers, but what? 35,000 people died last year from viruses. Some of them corona. There's a multiple of them that are going around. I'm talking about just flu viruses. I mean, 40,000 people died from car accidents too. But just from flu viruses, 40,000, almost 40,000 people died last year. So they don't have a right to declare this emergency. They don't have the facts behind them. They don't have the evidence behind them. They have real poor computer models that made outlandish predictions, none of which have come through now. Weeks weeks later have gone by. We're not seeing this in Korea or China or any place. We're not seeing these predictions come true. So, But now they're still talking about carrying this medical martial law, shutting down businesses, shutting down parks, shutting down employment, all across the country. And the fact is, is you don't have the will and the people to change this. I mean, our governor is doing it right now. Uh, she's going to even do more tomorrow. She did some last night. And like I said, I was just talking to people that were, have talked with the governor and seen the governor firsthand. And uh, the reality is the governor doesn't have any power to do this. The actual legitimate government of Oregon... Governor of Oregon does not have the power to do this because according to the Constitution, they can't even declare a state of an emergency unless the counties request it. That's that's the law. Nobody cares about that. But of course, the governor in Oregon, as we've said many times, have a number of programs. On, she's actually a felon and is not the lawful governor of Oregon. She broke the law to get elected very clearly. Her records show she violated the law by taking millions of dollars, millions and millions and millions of dollars illegally. And according to the Constitution, not just some statute, but the Constitution of Oregon put in there by the people in 1992, she forfeits her office. She has no right to it. You could get rid of her in a minute. They're talking about recall and all that. You don't need recall. 
You just need to enforce the law. But the people are so ignorant of a free government, so ignorant of how a free society operates, they don't know what to do. Well, they also don't know what to do about the coronavirus, and we can tell you a lot of stuff you can do about that. But it goes on to say today the coronavirus panic, it's not a pandemic, it's a panic, gives government fuel and cover for its assault on the freedom and poses a question the government does not want answered. Well, we just answered some of it, but we can answer a lot more before we're done here today. If liberty can be taken away in times of crisis, which we just said, the Milligan said, no, it can't be, then is it really liberty that you've been enjoying? Well, it isn't. Or is it just license via a temporary government permission slip? Subject to the whims of politicians who are in power. Not even legitimately in power. They're in power because you've been slothful. Because you've allowed this to go. I just heard uh, a detailed interaction with a number of people in government that are supposed to be working together. And finally there was a showdown and somebody pointed out that certain people were not doing their job and they were doing their job for the wrong reasons, uh, or doing things for the wrong reasons, which was causing damage to other people. And they just laid it all out and called on. And they took it. And they realized it. And one of them had been in this position for a long time. He actually was pretty good in the position at the beginning. But he got drunk on the power of the position. He didn't realize it. But he did. And now when finally somebody stood up to them, he, he admitted it and realized that he was making mistakes and they all hopefully will now work much better together. I don't know. We'll have to see as time goes on. But when the people are apathetic, tyrants rise up. Remember what Polybius says. I've quoted him many times. If you, if you go back and listen to our audience, you'll find out. So, there is a flu virus going around. It is causing people to get sick. I got sick. Everybody in our household got sick, but everyone in our household got better. We we weren't really out, knocked out for weeks. I mean, a couple of days we were doing short chores and other people were pulling up the slack. And then we all got back to work and we've been back ever, ever since. I've, I've been the laziest one because I also broke my rib when I went back to work. <laughs> so I, I, I need help lifting the 130-pound bales up. So the reality is, is that it's not that big a deal, but what should the government be doing? What should the government of the people, for the people, and by the people, what should they be doing? Well, what are other people doing? What is everybody else? Well, you go to some countries, like uh, I just got a report from Sweden, and they're shutting down the universities and uh, the colleges, and uh, but they're not shutting down all the businesses. And they're not shutting down the grade schools. And the reason they're not shutting down the grade schools is the economies. Because we've all moved towards socialism a great deal in the last hundred years. Socialist money system, socialist school system, socialist uh, uh, economic system, socialist welfare system. Instead of doing it like Christ said, by faith, hope, and charity, we decided to force our neighbor to contribute to our welfare. And we've now become accustomed to living at the expense of our neighbor. And that's socialism. So it's it's here already. I mean, Democrats want a lot more socialism. Republicans want to just keep the socialism we got. But it's still socialism. 
it's still coveting your name. It's covet what we call covetous practice, what the Bible calls covetous practices. It's going to make and has made merchandise of you. It has cursed your children with debt. But now we see trillions upon trillions of dollars in more debt being heaped on your children because of a strong delusion about of coronavirus and a general ignorance of the real virus, which is the economy stupid. <laughs> we don't know how the economy works, and we're making it work the wrong way. But anyway, uh, we can't talk about all that, or we won't get through everything today. But who is doing something that actually makes sense? What country is actually doing something that makes some sense? Now, they're doing some things that are probably wrong, but what they're doing is they're not shutting down businesses. They're not quarantining children. They're not quarantining teenagers. They're not quarantining people under the age of 40. Because those people have point, uh, 0.2 cases of death from coronavirus. They're not in danger. And of those people, you know, like I said, 99% of the people have pre-existing conditions. And some, uh, over half of them have, have multiple conditions, at least three or more serious medical conditions. That's the ones who are dying. This is not a serious virus. It's not a serious flu. I don't care how many times you hear it on the news, I'm telling you, it's not. And I'm telling you that because you can just look at the numbers. If you want to go look at the numbers, they're, they're on all kinds of websites. They're hard to find if you're going to look up on CNN or MN, SBC or ABC or any of these stations because they're all into the hype. It's not a pandemic. It's a panic. And it's a panic caused by skewed misinformation. And it's not just amongst the people, but it's amongst even the medical people. There are some level heads out there. There are some researchers, and we talked about that this morning, who are showing the actual numbers and what's actually, you know, 120 dead. Yeah, average age, 85 or 90 or 100. That's your, that's who's dying. Yeah, we don't want to see those old people die, and that's what Denmark is doing. They're quarantining, quarantining, can I say that? The ones who are being quarantined are the elderly, 65 and older. I, I don't know, they might break it at 61 or 62, but it's older people. They're quarantining, and they're a lot of times they're doing it in their homes. We could actually do it in uh, all the empty motels out there. A lot of empty motels, and we can get room service and, and take care of them, and uh, or you could take care of them in your house. You put them in a private room. They don't get to go into the kitchen. They go into the bathroom, but you disinfect it, and we'll talk to you a little bit about how to disinfect, how you kill viruses. But that's who you should be quarantined is the elderly. And the people with immune systems that are compromised. Uh, a lot of, a lot of the people that are, uh, compromised are already in the hospitals. Or in, uh, old folks homes. In convalescent homes. That's where most of the deaths uh, first occurred in Washington was in a convalescent home. And, uh, you know, I, I've worked in convalescent homes half a century ago. And we saw the same thing. Every time the flu and cold season came, the gurneys would line up with dead bodies. 
because the old people couldn't make it. And we can tell you why that is and what you could do for the old people to make it so that even though they're old and they may have some scar tissue on their lungs like me, you know, I'm old and i got scar tissue on my lungs, had them all my life. I wasn't supposed to live the, to the end of the first 20 years of my life. I'm already in, you know, maybe the last 20 years of my life. I don't know. But I'm I'm up there. I'm, I'm well over 60, well over 70. So what can I do for my immune system? And why is my immune system going down just because I'm older? What can you do about that? Well, that's some of the information we can share with you in the second half of the show. But we'll talk a little bit about what does kill viruses. Did you know you cannot kill a virus? It is absolutely impossible to kill a virus. Sounds scary, doesn't it? I'm just saying it this way so that you get the idea. The way people say things, they can lead your mind down a road to untruth. It's it's like a magician. They get you to think that I said you cannot kill a virus. Why can't you kill a virus? Because a virus isn't alive. A virus is not a living thing. It does not reproduce. It has no reproduction. doesn't reproduce itself. You can, you can put all the viruses in a little petri dish in, that you got and they will not reproduce one bit. As a matter of fact, they will probably start dematerializing rather quickly. If you put it out in the sun, they're going to die really quick. If you heat it up to 133 degrees, it's, it's toast. It's, it's going to be completely viscerated. If you put certain chemicals on it, what, how do you, should we put chemicals in your body? Should we shine heavy sunlight on your body? Should we heat your whole body up to 133 degrees? That would kill you. That remedy, that's not a good remedy. Neither is shutting down the entire economy. But again, like I said, they shut down the economy for another reason entirely. It has nothing to do with the virus. They're just using the virus as a false positive <laughs> to, to, hide what's really had to go on for many years now because of the fact that we, we've we got things balled up for the last hundred years. We've been going down the wrong, we've been going away from the kingdom for a hundred years. And now we're suffering the result of that. So now the only real answer is to elect Trump again. No, no, not elect Trump again. I don't care whether you elect Trump or not. I don't care who you elect as Caesar. It doesn't really matter. I mean, that's your choice. I'm working on the... I am so busy working on the government of God, this other form of government that operates by faith, hope, and charity. I don't have any time to pursue that. I wish him all the best. I wish all those people who want to go and elect a new president all the best. If you want to go vote, I don't have any objection against you voting. That's your choice. I'm just telling you what works and what where your salvation really is. And your salvation is really in Christ and doing what Christ said to do. So anyway, we'll talk about that more when we come back to Keys of the Kingdom, but we'll take a little break right now, if I can find how to take that break, and we'll be right back in a moment. (music) 
We talk a lot about the kingdom here, and we talk a lot about what most churches are afraid to talk about or don't even know to talk about, which is what the first century church was really doing. But just talking about it is not enough. We encourage everybody to join us in their local neighborhoods, in their local communities, to find out more about what they can do to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Gather with others who are already starting this road or starting to turn around and do things differently. Join us on thelivingnetwork.org or at hisholychurch.org. Go to the network links or go to preparingyou.com. Join the network there. It's all the same, and we'll try to hook you up with people in your local area. They will not be perfect. They don't walk on water. They are not necessarily saints, but they are talking about seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And join us on Facebook, facebook.com, His Holy Church, all one word. Join us there. We'll give you updates so you can start doing some studying and thinking about these things and start looking into these things for yourselves. You must become a doer of the Word. So, welcome back. So, you can't kill a virus because a virus isn't alive. It has no homeostasis, no reproductive ability on its own. It is actually debris. That's what viruses are. They're debris. They're DNA or RNA that have escaped from the genes of some larger organism. You know, like some people were saying that the coronavirus came from bats. And, well, maybe, but not really. It, it, you're, you didn't, you, most people probably won't get it from a bat. It has to get into a human and the human, because it's a type A influence, or what they call type A, which is a pretty general term. 75% of the viruses, flu viruses that you get are type A viruses and all that means is that they have been in animals you know pigs or waterfowl or bats and now they're in you and they may have gone from waterfowls to pigs and then to human and then now it just goes from human to human to human but what it is is uh dna or rna chunks you know uh transposins they sometimes Let's call it molecules of DNA that replicate and move around to different positions within the genes of the cell. Now, I say they replicate. They actually don't replicate. They are replicated by your cells. And they have certain proteins. Proteins, people don't understand what proteins are, but there are certain proteins on this DNA fragment that has escaped. And they connect with a human DNA, uh, the, the human living cell, and that human living cell will reproduce that DNA strand, and it goes out. Now they usually become weaker as they go, but then they can mutate, and the mutations can sometimes seem to be stronger. But again, it isn't the strength of the virus, because it really doesn't have any strength. It's just an escaped chunk of DNA or RNA material. What is the problem is the weakness of your immune system. And we already showed how if you get a flu vaccination, it can actually weaken your system so that you're more susceptible. This is their data. This is medical doctors and medical institutions' data that it can weaken 
your immune system by this interference so that you're more likely to get a respiratory flu virus when it comes around. You'll be more susceptible to it, have more results or uh, symptoms from it. Now, most of the symptoms that you get from the virus, because most people don't have any symptoms, most of the symptoms you get has to do with the way in which your system reacts to the presence of the virus in your system, to, to its replication in your cells. Your cells begin to notice this replication. Your body begins to know it. you got lots of cells in your body. And your body reacts, and that reaction is what is causing the symptoms. And it is causing you to get sick because it, you're overreacting. It's like allergy. You have an allergic reaction, so to speak, to the presence of this foreign DNA in your body, which we call a virus. That, that happens a lot of presence of DNA in your body that is foreign. I mean, you eat animals. You get DNA from animals in your body. You eat... Uh, you eat vegetables. You get DNA from vegetables. You eat bugs. You get DNA from bugs in your body. Some DNA is more dangerous than others. And vi- what we call, we're identifying as viruses can be deadly or dangerous or cause an effect within your body. But people are usually dying of pneumonia, which is a separate disease, but they attribute it to the coronavirus because... The coronavirus is what they're tracking. If you, They say you wouldn't have got pneumonia if you didn't get the coronavirus. Well, you might have got pneumonia. You might have had pneumonia already. So anyway, what can you do to forestall this virus? Well, protect the elderly. Protect the, the weak, the injured, the uh, people who have pre-existing conditions. Isolate them. And take all those precautions of distance, washing your hands before you prepare their food, washing in your in your kitchen and in your bathroom so that they don't get infected. Because they don't really need a lifetime immunity because they're probably older already. They just need protecting now. And then we'll worry about the next virus when it comes later. You know, so that's what you could do. You can do that yourselves. You can do that in your homes. You can, you know, like my family didn't want me to go to town with them because they were worried about me getting sick. Of course, I'd already been sick. One branch of my family, just everybody in their household just got sick recently after they went to town. I didn't get sick, but they did because they hadn't had it before. So they probably have it right now. But it wasn't as severe because they're a lot younger than me. Their kids are really healthy and they're on really good diet. So they're, they got over it pretty fast. It was just a couple of days where they had some headaches and some sore throat and, and runny nose and a little bit of cough. And, but they got over it really quick. But when they were at the height of it, I came over and, you know, my daughter thinks that, uh, you know, I shouldn't be there and risking this, but I came over. And what I noticed when I was sitting there and I was keeping my distance and my hands were in my overalls and, and we were just chatting a little bit and I go back. I didn't, eat anything or <laughs> go to the bathroom there. I went home and then I washed up when I got home. I didn't think I got anything. But while I was sitting there, I noticed I was I was feeling the symptoms, just kind of a shadow of the symptoms that they were experiencing as I was sitting there. And I think, and I've experienced this before and I have several daughters who are very 
uh, empathetic and they, they have experienced this. And this is part of healing. I think we can help one another heal because that's an empathetic experience that you're actually picking up. I know other people who have had some heal, healing abilities more than the average you get, Joe, and they sense that too. When uh, Emotional stress. They're near somebody with emotional stress and they can tell it. A lot of people have that ability and they don't even know they have it. So, but anyway, I didn't get sick from visiting them. They're all getting better. And, uh, but what are some of the things you can do? So, one thing is that if you feel it, be aware of your body. Don't be caught up in everything around you. Be aware of your body. So that if you feel like you're starting, I could do this with my kids. I could see that that, that kid's gonna be getting sick. You could tell this adrenaline was going up and there's a certain air about them. Of course, I could tell when, my wife or my daughter-in-laws were, or daughters even were pregnant. I could tell. I could see there's somebody else there. But everybody can't see that. I think everybody could if they would quiet their minds and learn to meditate and learn to uh, not sit in darkness. You, the more you seek the righteousness of God, the more talents you will see arriving in your ability that are natural. They're not miracles. They're natural for mankind. We don't think they're natural anymore because we've gone so far away from the ways of the kingdom. We can go back that way, but we don't go back to the kingdom of God to obtain those talents or those skills. We go back to the kingdom of God because we're seeking the righteousness of God. Those are just the byproducts of that. So anyway, if you feel like you might be getting sick or if you're around a lot of people that are sick, you need to get rest. You need to take it easy. You need to not stress. Stress is a real problem there. If you start to get sick, you need to really go to rest. And uh, you need to stay warm. You need to hydrate, drink the right kinds of food. You may need to change your diet. Some of you probably need to change your diet drastically. Cut down on the carbs. Cut down on the sugars. Watch your diet. There's a lot of different kinds of diets. We can talk about that at another time. I know people that have reversed serious diseases, including cancer, by simply changing their diet. And there's a number of different ways to do that. And get onto our network and we'll talk to you about that and show you links to different options and, and things that you can do. Uh, some people say garlic uh, will help. Uh, you know, I try to take some garlic every day. Uh, I, I take it in, in the food. I, I usually only, right now I'm only eating one meal a day. And uh, so I'll have a little garlic with that either in a salad or on meats or something like that. Another thing is gargle with warm water, with warm salt water. That can be helpful. Uh, sip hot beverages. Well, not every hot beverage, but I've been making homemade mullein tea and homemade spearmint tea. I actually make a kind of a combination. I make a teapot, and I drink that, and it really helps with the congestion that is sometimes associated as you're recovering with coronavirus. Other things that I've just recently heard about, and I have done them before. Now, we made a little homemade sauna. We could actually manufacture them, but we just don't have the time to do it. Very easy, very portable that you can put up in your house and take down. It's a very simple thing to do. And we had plans. Uh, I think they're probably on the Internet somewhere. We had a little booklet on how you can make them yourself. But raising that body temperature can be really good. It also will help cause... Poisons to come out of your body through that sweat, and then you're also breathing in a lot of steam, and then you take a warm shower. We used to do this where we would give people oil massages. I'd do the guys, and my daughters would do the girls, 
And I have never, ever given a massage to anybody that they did not fall asleep on the table. Now somebody was going to probably try to challenge me that on that, but uh, and uh, but I haven't been giving out many massages lately. But we can teach people how to do that, and there's ways to learn. There's a lot of people that teach how to do that, and that's really laying on the hands. But you have to be careful who lays on hands, because <laughs> you want people that have the kingdom of God in their hearts, because they want you to have life more abundant. The wrong people lay hands on you; they will suck the life out of you. You want to have people that want to help you get out of the darkness, help you awaken, help them awaken and get rid of the blockage that comes from an unforgiving heart and from an angry heart and from a rebellious heart. All these things, you and people who have overcome these problems can help you overcome them, which is one of the things I was going to say about viruses. You will become immune to the virus once your body develops the antigens necessary to do that. And what antigens or antibodies are, that's another whole thing. Vaccines don't do that. What vaccines are trying to do is stimulate your body to make those antigens in advance. That's what vaccines, they, they don't actually cure anything. They're teaching your, trying to teach your body to cure things. If your body learns to cure them by producing the antigens by itself, your body will have a more robust immune system. But we know that babies who nurse from their mothers can pick up immunity to diseases through their mother's milk because they're drinking their mother's milk. They can actually pick up immunity. The fact that a child is born through the birth canal, it's set up so that the child will actually develop immunity if they're born through the birth canal. Cesareans, they don't have that immunity. There's things that don't go on. This is medical science saying this. This isn't just somebody with, you know... uh you know, some new age idea. This medical science knows this. Could This is the question. Could, if you produce antigens, you become immune. Can your association with other people, now you're immune, you're not a spreader of the disease. Could you spread the antigens? We know that, and I, I talked a little bit about this, the milkmaids in France were immune to smallpox because they got that immunity by their contact with cows that had cowpox at one time. And that's how they got the idea of creating this artificial immunity through injection of serum from that they they manufacture that they call smallpox vaccination. And it can work, but in almost all cases, and you can check the CDC and the medical literature, immunity through vaccination is almost always temporary. Some of it is only lasts a couple of years, some of it will last five years, some of it a little bit more, but the, anybody who talks about boosters, it's because you, you did not get permanent immunity. If you get sick and you get better, you can have permanent immunity. Now I know people who like, got like chickenpox, were sick a little bit, thought they got better, and they went out and everything was okay, but eventually they had a relapse of chickenpox because they didn't get completely well. That's what's happening with society right now. We were rapidly on our way to herd immunity, which would have ended the disease, but now they're slowing it down, and we're coming out of the flu season. So this may have disastrous, these choices may have a disastrous effect later on. Same as the choices of this quantitative easing. They're not even quantitative easing. They've just done away with the bank's requirement of having a reserve. They don't have to have a reserve anymore. So there could be a sudden really boost to the economy and people will 
are going to buy stocks when they're low. They're going to buy gas when they're low. They're going to buy houses and property when it's low. And they're going to make a fortune. But it's the wrong way to do it. And eventually there will be repercussions. But anyway, like I said, also saunas. Uh, you know, you can actually build full saunas. These other saunas you just sat in and your head was out of it. Uh, that's good. But another thing I heard about was taking like a hair dryer or something that generates a lot of warm air and blows it out and breathe that in for five minutes. And because the viruses are killed when you get the temperature up. Now you can't get your body temperature up to that, but hot baths, Epsom salt baths, these things can really help you. Again, going back to also you need to change your diet, you need to stop smoking, you need to get plenty of rest. So, and then some people say a spoonful of honey. And uh, there is a certain value in honey, and it can be, but the thing is there's a variety of things that you can do. Fresh air, big thing. I talked about the 1918 discovery that uh, the new respiratory virus that we call the Spanish flu, that because the king of Spain got it, so they call it the Spanish flu. It probably didn't start in Spain. It could have started almost anywhere. Somebody told me today that it started in America. The Spanish flu started in America, which it could have. But the reality is is that the people who got sick with it first were the Germans. And that's why they lost the war. They, the people contributed to the fact that the Germans got sick or sicker on their side. And it was destroying the efficacy of their troops. And that's one of the reasons why they lost the war. It probably wasn't the only reason, but it was a major contributing factor. But anyway, so this open-air hospitals that they ended up having to go to because of the fact that the hospitals were overflowing, they didn't have enough beds for all the people that got sick, they didn't have respirators and ventilators to put people on, but they put them in the sun, and, you know, they put them in tents at night, but in the daytime when it was warm, they put them out in the sun, they got fresh air. The staff had far less, almost disappeared, infection rate of the staff that were in these open-air hospitals. And the uh, patients, the death rate was pretty high, but it dropped by almost 50% uh, amongst severely ill patients. Now, of course, a lot of people got Spanish flu and got immune, and they didn't even show symptoms. Uh, but a lot of people showed symptoms and were often, uh, it was uh, acerbated, got worse because of some of the medical practices of the day, which we've talked about, you know, 30 grams of aspirin. But they actually started designing hospitals with high ceilings and lots of windows and lots of fresh air because it was undeniable that this fresh air and sunlight was really important. And now we know that if you, if, if you sneeze in a stairwell and the virus gets on the handrail that is stainless steel or in a kitchen, that is stainless steel. That virus will live longer on the stainless steel than almost any other substance. Now you can clean it off and you can disinfect it with alcohol, vinegar, and lots of other things that you can use to wash it off. But the reality is, if it's just left there inside in a cool room, uh, reasonably cool room, not extremely warm, it's it will live for weeks. If it's a handrail on the outside where the sun is shining on it, it will be dead within minutes to hours at the most. Because sunlight kills the virus. It destroys it. 
And you can create artificial lights in your house that are sun lamps that will probably do the same to lesser or greater. There's a lot of different which rays it actually is. I don't know. You guys can do the research and let us know on the network. And that's how we grow with more intelligence and how to deal with these things without devastating the economy. We can actually increase the economy because you can actually produce things that will help. I mean, the colloidal silver, I really believe that that can help. But if you think I just have to drink colloidal silver, no. Grapefruit extract, as seed extract, that's good. There's a lot of other good things that you can do and have. Those are all things that you can put into practice for yourselves. So anyway, some of the things to avoid is stress, anxiety, panic, which is what the government is creating. The, the panic on the face is unbelievable. It shows that when you're, you're, you're panicked, it decreases magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium in your body. So you may need to take more magnesium, calcium, and potassium, and sodium if you're all worried and upset. Better to learn to calm down, learn to meditate. Go to our website, look for the word meditation, and we teach you how to meditate. And there's lots of different ways. And if you want to get special counseling, join the network, and we'll see if we can help you. We can already send you the programs that we've done on this to talk about it in greater detail. Uh, inadequate sleep. So you need to sleep. Of course, if you're stressed, anxious, and panicked, you may not sleep as well. But there are things you can do to improve that without taking sleeping drugs. You can have yeast overgrowth because you create imbalances in the body because of stress and anxiety. <laughs> and also eating the wrong kinds of foods. Carbs, carbohydrates, these can also create imbalances in your body. And so you can get an abundance of yeast and this can break down your immune system. Fast foods, junk foods, they're they're very seldom good for you. Yeah, you can get away with eating them when everything is going good, but you wouldn't be one on giving them to Granny when she's sick. There's a lot better things. Uh, those, I'm trying to get to these quick because I'm running out of time. GMO-based foods, we have lots of recordings up on why GMOs are not really a good idea, why they're not a good idea, with scientific evidence that says what's actually happening and and uh, actually agricultural evidence that this is really a bad thing because of the results that we're seeing from animals being fed GMOs. But anyway, that's another long story. Food containing MSG is actually the people say they don't think that's really good for you, and that's probably true. Sodas and soft drinks, absolutely. Even diet drinks, you say, well, it doesn't have the sugar. Well, it has aspartame and a lot of other things. You probably shouldn't. But it creates an imbalance in your gut bacteria. So you want to avoid those. Overdoing the caffeine. Some caffeine can actually help you at certain times. Too much caffeine is almost never good for anybody. It can affect the, your body's inflammation and antioxidants, etc. So there are things that you should eat of and things you should avoid. But uh, smoking, obviously, you shouldn't even have to talk about that. That's not a good thing. Uh, excessive alcohol, and excessive alcohol is more than one beer. <laughs> and with some of you, you probably shouldn't drink any alcohol. Uh, it just depends on the individual. So I'm just giving generalizations out here. I could go into some of the good news. I don't actually think I have a lot of time. And some of the, I was going to actually poo-poo some of the good news that is really not all that good. Major changes in diet can often be good, but then you have to have a certain amount of common sense. And again, that's why you should be in a network so you can say, well, I'm trying this, and somebody else can say, you know, my daughter, who's an expert in health, i got several daughters who have a lot of knowledge in that area, but one in particular, 
She's on many forums that discuss this and where people are actually dealing with these things on a day-to-day basis and finding the pros and cons and the variety of reactions to changing your diet. And there's no one diet that fits all. And there's no one diet that fits all, all time. And uh, so anyway, but we don't have the time to talk about all that. But uh, like I said, air pollution is down. That's a good thing. One of the good things is distilleries are actually... Instead of making alcohol to drink, they're actually helping make alcohol for our hand sanitizers. If washing your hands is better than sanitizers, and that's very clear that that doesn't really do it. To, but sun exposure, washing your hands, and of course that's why in the Bible it's telling you to wash and all this kind of stuff. John Hopkins research says uh, that antibodies uh, from recovered COVID patients could help protect people at risk. Absolutely, they could. How do you properly get those antibodies or antigens into those other people? And we we mentioned a little bit about that. South Korea's outbreaks finally is abating. They they were hit pretty hard for a lot of social reasons. The uh, recoveries are outnumbering the infections. And, of course, the actual infections, they don't have a number of that because most people never get tested, never show any symptoms. So, anyway... Join the network to find out the rest of the stories that we couldn't get to in my rapid covering of the notes. Join it because you want to join it to help other people, not so that you can just be helped. And learn the ways of righteousness and the ways of the kingdom. Because that's where your salvation is, is in the ways of Christ. And we talk about that. Start listening to all the other podcasts. If you like podcasts, look for us, Keys of the Kingdom. So anyway... That's pretty much it, so we'll see you next week. Until then, peace on your house, and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.